Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and, uh, if you don't mind, just stand to your feet one more time today, and uh, we're going to get into this. I I am very mindful of it being New Year's Eve. A lot of people may have plans later today and maybe traveling or doing some shopping, so I'm going to try to watch that clock today and uh, get you out of here at a decent time. Amen. Uh, Do the best I can from being handed the batons. But let's go ahead and go to the Word of God in John chapter 14. This for me personally is one of my favorite passages of scripture. This is right after they have taken the last, what we call the last supper, the communion, right before the betrayal of Jesus in the garden. Jesus and his disciples are by themselves having just a wonderful time as dear friends before things get real ugly. I love this whole passage. Uh, let me encourage you to read it when you get some time. It's just, it's just very wonderful. But let me go ahead and read here John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also, and where I go you know, and the way you know. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, For I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you one more time, Lord, for just being in our midst today. Father, we just pray that as this word goes forth today, it would bring bring hope to your people. It would bring encouragement to your people. It would boost and lift the spirits of every single one of us here and those that are joining us from home. And Father, we just pray that you you be here. Can we take a moment, church, and just, Holy Spirit, you just have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, you speak. Holy Spirit, you speak. You move. We give you permission, Lord. We give you permission, Lord. We give you permission, Lord, to breathe the sweet breath of heaven, the breath of hope, the breath of life, the breath of restoration, the breath of a new beginning, the breath of creation that was breathed in the beginning the breath that was breathed into a clay vessel made of the dirt and the soil, the breath from the holy lungs of the creator that gave a clay vessel life, and you named him man. The same breath that moved upon the waters of the Red Sea and parted them. Let that breath of heaven move in this place. The same wind that was in the upper room that came to bring revival, May it be in this place today. Move in our midst. Speak in our midst. Be in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated today. Thank you, Sarah. This passage for me, like I said, is one of my favorite passages in the gospel because there's just something real about it. Jesus is kicking back with the disciples and 
I, you know, when, the, when you read the word of God, one thing I love to do is I love to put myself in there, not in a narcissistic way. Uh, what I mean is I like to put myself in that sitting and I like to just imagine. Because for me, growing up in church and a lot of church kids have this struggle. If you're not careful, the, church, the Bible and the stories can just become abstract familiarity. You know the story, you know the bullet points, and so you have a tendency to check out. So for me, one way that I've combated that in my life is that I try to take a moment, use my imagination. God gave us imagination, and I put myself there. And so if you were to understand the context of this passage, look at the setting more than just what was being said, but look at the setting of when and where and how it was said. Much like the birth of Christ that we've been talking about all month long, Jesus came, thank you, Jesus came in a time of darkness, both figuratively and literally, came in a time of spiritual darkness, came in a time of political darkness, came in a time of religious darkness, came in a time of darkness. So is this moment in time when Jesus is sitting at night. It's dark. It's mysterious. I don't know about you, but uh, every time I, I'm sick or under the weather, it seems to get worse at night. How many know that? You wake up in the morning, you feel pretty good, but as you go through the day, the fever comes back. There's something about night, and all of a sudden you begin to feel hopeless, maybe scared, maybe, maybe afraid or worried. That's the power of night. Jesus was sitting with his disciples at night. Only Jesus knew what was about to happen, and he's sitting with his disciples knowing full well that within the next few hours, their world would be rocked and turned upside down. Do you ever take a moment to realize that? Jesus is sitting here more than just having to wait for, he's already, he already uh, uh, made Judas aware of his betrayal. That already happened. And he's sitting there knowing that their lives are about to be turned upside down, knowing that the world as they knew it was about to be rocked. Jesus could have said anything Jesus could have said anything, and he says a lot in the 14, 15, 16, and 17 chapters of John. He could have said anything, and he chose to say this passage we just read. In my Father's house are many mansions, many dwelling places. If it were not true, I would have told you that. And if he goes, we, we already read the text, I don't need to say it again. But he gives them a picture of eternal hope. Think about that. The greatest betrayal known to man was getting ready to happen. The son of the living God, for the first time since the dawn of creation, was gonna be separated from his father through sin. Go to the lower parts of the earth. We, all, we understand that story. He was about to be betrayed. The disciples were about to be confused and scattered. He knew, Jesus knew. You see, sometimes... We're not aware, but God often prepares us for the storm before it even comes. We don't even realize that. We think it come out of the blue, it came out of nowhere, and sometimes it does to us, but can I just encourage you that it never came off guard to the Father? Pastor Kilpatrick always had a saying that said, everything in your life as a believer is Father-filtered, which means it never catches God by surprise. And most oftentimes, we just don't quite realize it, but God is preparing you for that time. We're talking about the power of hope. All month long, we've been talking about the power of hope. Jesus was essentially saying, your life, you're about to see some stuff. You're gonna see me betrayed. You're gonna see me crucified. You're gonna see me buried. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be uh, tempted to flee. You're gonna, you're gonna be persecuted. 
But I want you to know that at the end, it's all going to be okay. Because sometimes in this life, we go through trials, we go through storms, we go through sicknesses, we go through heartache. And God wants us to know in this place today, it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be okay. So this morning, I just come to you with a simple message of encouragement. If you're down and out, today is for you. If you're maybe tired, maybe frustrated, maybe afraid, maybe just weary, today is for you. Maybe you're confused or worried or whatever the case may be. The Lord wants you to know today everything is going to be okay. All month long we've been talking about the blessed hope. It's been our theme. The first week was the power of hope. The second week was the anchor of hope, followed by the living hope. Last week was hope fulfilled, question mark. Today I want to share with you the idea and the thought of the everlasting hope. The everlasting hope. There's no expiration date on this. Have you ever been frustrated going to the store? You got a really good coupon to find out that it expired yesterday? Or you got the Kohl's cash? How many Kohl's shoppers we have in here to get that Kohl's cash? And you find out it expired yesterday? And how many know that sometimes you can get just a sweet little cashier that would just go ahead and run it through sometimes? Other times, you don't. Other times, you get Sister Cole herself. <laughs> Will not let that thing go through. But let me, I'm just here to tell you something, that there is no expiration date in this everlasting hope. I don't know. I got this weird thing about me, myself, is I don't like my condiments cold. Mustard, ketchup. I see y'all put it in the fridge. You guys are weird. I like my mustard and my ketchup, my, my barbecue sauce. I like that to kind of be room temperature. That's just the way that I am. And the one thing that I hate ice cold from the refrigerator is salsa. I like mine to be room temperature. I like mine to maybe even be warm. You know how you go to the Mexican restaurant and they bring it to you in the dish and it's just the right temperature and it's got the right spicy, right heat? So every time I get chips and salsa, I just throw the jar away, when it, when I, even if I'm not done with it, because I know I'm not going to eat it again because I always like to buy a fresh jar. Salsa. Anybody else like that? I'm just kind of curious. Two of us. All right. <laughs> Love you, brother. I'm going somewhere with this. Well, a while back, I, wanted, I had a hankering for some chips and salsa, and I hadn't been to the store, and I hadn't bought any. So I looked in the fridge, and how many know that there's a desolate place called the back of the fridge? I don't know. I think I might find another kid back there. I, don't, I mean, you, go, you don't know what's back there. There's stuff that's been there for who knows how long. Anyway, one day I felt brave and I got, I got back there and there was a jar of my favorite brand of salsa. I reached back in there. Even though it was ice cold, I was gonna warm it up in my hand and gonna have it and enjoy it because I really wanted some chips and salsa. And I went ahead and I flipped the jar and guess what I found? It expired. I was so devastated. I was so tired. I was so angry. That's how frustrating expired dates can be. Well, I'm here to tell you today that our hope is everlasting. There is no expiration date on it. There is no expiration date on it. So let's talk about the power of hope. How can it be so powerful? Let me tell you, hope helps, up, hope helps us to move on. Hope helps us to move on. In case you haven't realized, life doesn't always play fair. Hope helps us to dry the tears and to get back in the game. Hope helps us to dust ourselves off when we've fallen and get back in the game. Hope helps us pick up the broken pieces and make something beautiful out of it. 
Hope is the driving force that helps us look for the silver lining in the storm clouds of life. We as Christians have a hope that is powerful. It is the anchor of the storm. Yes, we talked about that. It is powerful. Yes, we talked about that. It is the living hope. Yes, all these things are true, but I'm here to tell you today, it is the everlasting hope that goes for all eternity. I thought you'd be a little more happier than that statement. I don't know. I was happy. Listen, let me tell you something, church. We serve a God of the future. We serve a God of the future. God never intended us to go into the future expecting it to be like our past. As we stand upon the eve of a new year, let me just encourage you that you're not gonna receive anything with, from the Lord with the mindset of, well, it's just another year. Let's see what else can go wrong. Well, it's just another year. I expect it to be the same old, the same old. The Bible says that if we don't have faith in God, we will not receive anything from him. We serve a God of the future. He never intended us to live in the past. Some of us have had things happen to us and they've been terrible, they've been horrible. But how long are we gonna hold on to those anchors in a bad way that's gonna keep us from reaching what God has for us? How many times are we gonna just relive that hurt? How many times are we gonna relive that failure? How many times are we gonna relive that wound over and over, years and years go by, and some of us have been held captive for five, 10, 15, even 20 years of something that happened a long time ago. God is saying it's time to let it go because your hope is eternal. Stop holding on to temporal things and grab hold of the eternal promise of hope. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, very familiar scripture to many of us. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. And watch this, to give you a future and a hope. What is it about hope and future and future and hope? What is it about knowing there's something coming next that gives us the strength to move on? What is it about the, though we may have sorrow at night, we know that joy is gonna come in the morning. What is that? It's more than just positive thinking. It's more than just having a good outlook. It is understanding that our hope does not, cannot, will not disappoint. And our hope will not run to an expiration date. Our hope is eternal and everlasting. Our God is a God that wants to give us a future, a good future, and a hope. The Bible is full of new things. I love this. The psalmist wrote, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. We used to, back in the church days when we were on the Jewish music, I remember that song. It was an old Jewish song we used to do. Isaiah wrote, the Lord told the prophet Isaiah, said that I am doing a new thing in the land. How many excited about new stuff? How many got some new stuff for Christmas? All right. My kids took care of me. I got some new shoes. So if they're a little bright white today, forgive me. I got to get a little of this. Bear with me today, church. I love getting new stuff. Not re-gifted stuff, but new stuff. The psalmist also said that he's brought my feet out of the miry clay and put a new song in my heart. Another one is this, is our famous scripture we quote all the times. It said, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? If any man be in Christ, he is what? He is new creation. All the old stuff is gone. 
All the old things are gone. All the old habits are gone. All the old ways of thinking are gone. All the old discouragement is gone. All the old sin is gone. All the old doubt is gone. And all things are made new. It's all right to get happy for that. Come on, it's all right. Go ahead. I know it's a little quiet today. Let me encourage you. Take your liberty in this place today. I'm so grateful that our God is not a God like the Hallmark movies. Maybe you've had your fill of Hallmark Christmas movies this year. How many Hallmark people we got here? How many Lifetime people we got here? That will divide the room quicker than anything. I don't have time to go into explain the difference. Some of y'all have no idea what I'm talking about. Some of you do. But we know the Hallmark movies. As wonderful and awesome as they are, they only have one plot. 47 movies with the same plot. The big city girl goes, gets her degree. She's successful, gets on an assignment in an old hometown that celebrates Christmas. She goes back, she puts on her flannel. She has a stuffy boyfriend who's rude and nobody likes. And he's back in New York and she's been in the middle of Colorado or somewhere. And she meets her old high school flame who's got just the right amount of stubble, wears a little flannel in his boots and he drives a little pickup truck. And we know that her boyfriend comes to town. He wants to marry her and then she doesn't. They go back and forth. She falls back in love and then they stay there, live happily ever after. Then the next movie comes on, and it's a different girl, but it's the same old thing. And sometimes we treat God that way. We already know the story. We already know the passage. We already know what he's going to preach. We already know the song. And we're wanting something new, and God is saying, it's right before you. All you got to do is shake off the apathy, shake off everything else that would come between you and me, and grab hold of what's new, because God is not a Hallmark Channel movie. God has a newness for you. God has a freshness for you. God has something new for you. You just have to grab it. I hate the saying that says all good things must come to an end. I don't know about you, but there's just something special about a good sequel, amen? How about, how about you get a good book, you like to read it. What's your favorite thing on earth to hear? It's a series. There's a sequel. Or maybe your favorite movie. I love, I love sequels to a good movie. Or maybe a rematch in sports. We're going to see Dallas another day. That's all I'm going to say. We just got done watching the Christmas story, uh, and, and uh, you know, I love the Christmas Carol. I love the different versions, and you know, there's this always something about that movie that you know he goes through the Christmas past, the Christmas present, but he always ends with the Christmas yet to come. And I believe there's something a little prophetic about that. I believe even this month we've been talking about the anchor. We've been talking about the hope being powerful and the hope alive. Well, I really believe the message today is that God is saying, "Don't put me in a box." And it's not a cliche, that's not just something to say to fill the time. I really believe the Lord is saying that in in our midst today, is that I am the God of the next. I am the God of the next. See, we're creatures of curiosity. We desire something new. We desire something more. We desire a happy ending. One of my favorite parts of the movies is that after the credits roll, you get that little scene that kind of, picks up where the movie left off that little, I don't even know what they're called. I'm sure there's a name for them, but I I love those things. I always want to know what happened. I hate those movies that just end out of nowhere and just end. I hate those. I want to know what happened to the character. I want to know at least something, even if it doesn't cross all the T's and dots, all dot, all the I's, I at least want to know what happened. We get that from our heavenly father. We get that from our heavenly father. See, we can't comprehend a couple of things as men and women, we can't comprehend eternity. We can't comprehend that. We can't comprehend eternity itself, but yet we know 
it's got to be true because we feel, we feel it in our hearts. God has built us that way. The other thing we fully cannot understand is the all-powerful all nature of God. We just can't. We can't get our heads around an all-powerful being who always was, who is, and always will be. No matter how intellectually intelligent you are, no matter how factually true you try to be, you will always have to use a little bit of faith. God did it on purpose. Because the Bible says that God uses the foolish things to confound the wise. You know one of the things I love that if, if, if even to this day, scientists are still uh, finding new discoveries in the planet. Did you know that? They're still, they're still finding new species in the oceans. They're still finding new species in the jungles. And you know, I love to think about that as they're all new and, and, and the scientists will give it a, a scientific name and, and will try to pretend they know all about its habitat and everything. You know, the thought I always think of is God, God knew how long that thing had been in existence. He created it to be that way. And here we are thinking we're something sophisticated just now finding out. That's because the Bible says that our God sits in heaven and he laughs. He laughs. But we, let's rejoice in the fact that our God is a God of creativity. Let me explain this. There, how many would agree, agree that there's no end to his mercy? How many would agree with that? How many would agree that there's no end to his love? How many would agree with that? How many would agree with there's no end to his truth? There's also no end to his creative power. There is no end to his creative power. The voice of creation that echoed over the planet, the voice of creation that echoed things into existence is still going on today. Scientists have studied and proven that the universe is ever expanding at a rapid rate. I believe because we serve an infinitely creative God who is just creating new things. There's things in heaven that, that is, will, will, is gonna blow our mind. There's things of this world that we don't fully understand. You may have heard the word perpetual hope. I looked up that word to see what it meant, and it literally means never-ending or never-changing. It also means it continues as if never to cease. Perpetual hope. Perpetual hope. The everlasting hope. There's something in us that is looking for the what's next. There's something in us that wants to know. As we grow old and achieve our goals, something within us yearns for what's next. Maybe you found yourself, maybe you get to a certain age, you start asking yourself, is this all there is? Is this all there is in life? Is this all there is? Is this why I'm here? Is this what the universe is here for? Is this what, is this what life is? Many times good people fall when all their hopes and dreams come true because there's nothing in them to drive. There's nothing in them to push for what's next. Some of us, the worst thing could happen is all of our hopes and dreams would come true and all of our prayers would be answered. We would turn away from the Lord. We would turn away from life. We would kind of throw in the towel and just cruise control until we die. Or go through some kind of midlife crisis and leave our family and buy a red Ferrari and, I don't know, get a tattoo. I, I don't, I, whatever, whatever to you is a way of doing something out of the box. That's what happens. And let me just encourage you, by the way, that this also will help some of us make better choices as we go into the new year. Some of us live 100% in the moment. 100% in the moment. I mean, you are just all in. And you know what? Quite often, you're the life of the party. The whole thing revolves around you, and we love having you around. But let me just say, a lot of times, we give no thought to tomorrow. We give no thought to what we say. 
how it will affect people, what we do, what we eat. Tonight is New Year's Eve. You know how many people, for the sake of in the moment of New Year's Eve, are gonna wake up tomorrow in jail, are gonna wake up tomorrow wanting to be divorced, maybe in a bed of another lover, gonna wake up the next day and realize that they went on some violent rampage the night before. I'm just trying to bring some things. A lot of times in human nature, we just blow it in a moment if we're not thinking of what's to come. The sun is gonna come up the next day. The bills are gonna still be due the next day. Make good choices, amen? That was for free for New Year's Eve. All right, I got just four quick things I wanna give you to this morning about, about our um, total package of our eternal blessing, our eternal hope. Our everlasting hope is eternity with Jesus. Now, growing up in church, I, I'll say we don't really hear songs of heaven much these days. We don't hear messages preached on heaven much these days. It was in our DNA back in the day as the church. All the time, all of our songs had to do with, with heaven. Uh, and I begin to think about some of these songs. We would sing songs, and maybe some of y'all remember some of these. I got a mansion just over the hilltop. I remember that one. How about I remember this one? This is one of my fun ones I used to love to play. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. My mom's favorite, she would sing. Now, growing up in church, we would sing songs off the wall, we called it, but we also have the Greenback hymnal books. Some churches had redback books. We had greenback. We were assemblies of God. The church of God had the red ones. We had the green ones. But I still remember my Aunt Kay, she was our worship leader, and I would get all excited Sunday night. She would always say, everybody grab your green books and turn to page 255. I still remember that page number. It was, I'll fly away. Some glad morning. We all know the song. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. One of the ones my mama would sing, and if she were here today, I'd have her sing it. What a day that will be. When my Jesus, I shall see. And then she would go right into how beautiful heaven must be. I remember as a little boy, every time I would be sick, I remember going to my mom, putting my head in her little lap, and she would sing that song to me, how beautiful heaven must be. And it would bring such peace to me. It would bring such comfort to me. And I would fall asleep. I believe that's because that promise is eternal. If the songs didn't inspire you, that we would scare the living daylights out of you with an illustrated sermon or a movie. I truly story remember back in the day, and I'm sure it's happened more than once, but this pastor had these men dressed in uniform, fatigue, military fatigues, and come in with machine guns, wanting to have people stand up if they're, gonna if they're gonna denounce Christ or to be shot. This pastor did that on a Sunday morning. Church didn't play back in the day. Or my favorite was old dad would get the old reel-to-reels and we'd be watching movies called Like a Thief in the Night. How many remember some of that stuff? Or A Distant Thunder. How many had the, I still could remember that song. I wish we'd all been. <laughs> if that movie didn't get you saved, I don't know what was wrong with you. Because we would scare the living daylights out of everybody. We would get saved every Sunday night. Because we believed that Jesus was coming back that night. And in those days it was, listen, get right or get left. God ain't joking, hell's still smoking. Come to Jesus, but come now. 
I re- that's how church was, and, and, and I get it, we've, we've got a little polish these days, but I, sometimes I feel like we can return to some of those days and just say, let me remind you that it's not all about the here and now. It's not all about what you pursue here on this planet. You're going to live eternity in an eternal context on the other side of glory. It's time that we start preparing for that. It's time that we start investing in that. It's time that we start laying up treasures for that day. Because what is our life on this planet? It's nothing. What is 50, 60, 70, 80 years in the scope of eternity? That's like taking a dollar and trying to go buy a brand new car off the lot. They're going to laugh at you. So we do the same with our lives here. In seventh grade, I had this really cool art teacher. She was a really cool teacher. She played music in her class, the radio. And in those days, we had one radio station, 103.5. That's all we had. But she was the cool art teacher, had the real long eyelashes, the makeup. She let you draw on the floor. This lady was like sweet. You draw on the walls. And she came and she was introducing herself. She says, good, you know, good morning, class. My name is Miss Braun. I'm going to be your art teacher. I want you to know a few things about me. I want to express creativity, da 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 And she said this. She said, you will always 100% of the time get extra credit if you draw or color or whatever off the page. You don't have to ask permission. I just want you to, anything you do, go off the page. She said, because when you go off the page, it allows our imaginations to grow. That's exactly how she was. She had like the drapey clothes. She said, it would, our imaginations will grow. And for me, I had the strategy in school that, hey, listen, I may or may not do good in that subject, but if there's extra credit, I'm going to do it just in case. Anybody else that felt that way? I'm just, if there's extra credit, I'm going to do it because I might need it down the road. So every single one of my drawings was off the page, to the left, to the right, down below, up above, even sometimes get two pages and put them together and go off both pages. I really try to hit it out of the park. But this scripture in 1 Corinthians said this, it says, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those who love him. Church, let me just encourage you that today as we stand on the edge of a new year, let's let God go off the page in our lives in 2024. Let hope arise within us one more time. Let faith arise within us one more time and let God go off the page. Some of us are just one giant away from our breakthrough. Did you hear what I said? Some of us are just one battle away from our calling. Some of us are just one battle away from that promise coming true. You fought the bear and the lion like David, and you're lined up against the giant. But as God rescued David and that giant, he's going to rescue you and me if we fight, if we go. When you talk about heaven, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, Some would try to say it doesn't exist or it doesn't matter. People try to say it's not real. A lot of social media influencers, you may come across that just looking for clicks that say there is no heaven, there is no place. Three scientific facts, there's no heaven. You know, all that stuff. I will say this, that sometimes I do believe we may focus a little too much on the here and now without investing in our eternal home. There is a doctrine in the Bible that tells us that we are gonna lay up treasures in heaven. We're gonna lay up treasures in heaven. But so many times we forget about that. So many times we, we focus on the here and the now and how am I feeling now and what can I accomplish now and oh God help me now and, and this world. And yes, you know, God gave us a life. He wants us to live here, but this place is not our home. 
This place is not our home, and we're going to talk about that here this morning. So this morning, just very simply, I just want to come to you and tell you, Jesus never came to fix this world, but to prepare us for the next one. Some of us are putting all of our hope in this world. We're putting all of our hope in the next, uh, this election year coming up. We're putting all of our hope in our favorite candidate. And there's nothing wrong with, with voting and praying, and, and I'm not hating on that, but I'm saying this. Our everlasting hope doesn't come from the Republican Party. Our everlasting hope doesn't come from the Democratic Party. Our everlasting hope doesn't come even from the Assemblies of God or River of Life. Our everlasting hope comes for the one who paid the price, for everybody's ticket, and that is the name Jesus. Amen? The disciples were always asking Jesus, is, is this when you're gonna restore Jerusalem? Is this when you're gonna restore Jerusalem? Because they were under Roman oppression and they, they wanted to worship freely, they wanted to live freely, and all they saw was the Messiah is gonna rescue them. Political, legal, that's all they were thinking about. And sometimes if we're not careful, church, we're gonna fall in the same boat where people are dying and going to hell, but we just wanna know how they're voting. You stand for what? You believe with who? You, you do whatever. And sometimes we got that crooked. And listen, even when Jesus was confronted by Pilate in John chapter 18, Jesus told Pilate, he said, this is not my kingdom. For if it were, my subjects would fight. Jesus himself said, this is not my kingdom. Why do we still keep trying to pull him into that? See, church, as Christians, as believers, our citizenship is with him. In heaven, and we're gonna talk about that in a few moments. That's why we don't seem to fit in here, this place called earth. That's why we just feel out of sorts. I don't know about you, but sometimes I watch the news or scroll through my phone and I just feel like I'm living on another planet. People have lost their mind. All sense of reasoning, all common sense, and I don't mean to insult anybody and I'm not trying to be a certain way. I'm just trying to say this, that we have to understand that this is a fallen world. We're never gonna fit into it. And if we are, that's a dangerous place to be. If we are, that's a dangerous place to be. So this morning, I just wanna remind you what awaits to us as believers. I just wanna remind you. The truth is, church, we live in a fallen world surrounded by death and sin. We will always need an anchor of hope. We will always need the power of hope. We will always need a living hope on this side. But guess what? We were not designed to spend all of our lives on this side. We were not designed to spend all of our lives on this side. You can if you want, but we were never designed for that. Let me give you a couple things really fast. We're calling it the blessed hope because number one, we will be with Jesus. We talk about the return of Christ. I love this, the, re the return of Christ. There's a scripture in 2 Timothy 4.8. It says that Paul told Timothy, he said that for me there is laid up a crown, but not just for me, but for all who have loved his appearing. Church, can I say something a little maybe old school to you today, but do you still love his appearing? Are you still looking for him? Do you remember those days and times maybe when you were dating and you were looking out the window to see if your honey had shown up yet? You were counting down the days and the times to see if they were pulling in the driveway yet. You were waiting with anticipation. Do you still love his appearing? Are you still in love with Jesus? It is our blessed hope and eternal hope because he will return. We need to shift our thinking from a nominal church. I go to church. I belong to this river of life. Do you know Jesus? 
Do you have a relationship with him? Do you love him? Do you fully grasp and appreciate his sacrifice on the cross to forgive our sins? We know he's gonna return because we're told in the book of Acts when he went up to heaven right before the, the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room, he went up to heaven and angels said, why are you guys looking up in the sky? For this same Jesus will come down in the same manner. We know he's gonna come. He will return. Somebody say that. He will return. One more time. Say, he will return. But listen, like any promise of God, the enemy is actively trying to steal its potency by stealing doubt. See, the enemy can't take the promise of God, but he can nullify it through doubt. If the Pharisees nullified the works of Jesus because of their unbelief, the enemy can nullify hope in your life by doubt. Look at the scripture in 2 Peter. It says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands. I'll keep going. That is the wrong scripture. That is the wrong scripture. It's supposed to be uh, 2 Peter. I guess I'm gonna have to read it, aren't I? All right, let me get to 2 Peter. That was the wrong scripture. All right. I gotta read this to you. I don't wanna try to quote it and not get it right. Wives, you should submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. That's a whole other message. I tell you, we, we got some people that are sick doing the best they can. Amen. What I say? Second Peter chapter three. It said, beloved, I now write you the second epistle in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. And that's all I'm doing today. It's trying to remind us of some things that you may be mindful of your words which are spoken before the holy prophets and the commandments of the apostles and the Lord our Savior. Knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust, saying, where is this promise coming? For since the fathers have fallen asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were old and the earth standing out of the water and in water. Let me go to verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. We had scoffers back then. There's scoffers today. Oh yeah, where's Jesus? He hasn't come back yet. This thing of heaven hasn't come to pass yet. It's not true, it's not real. Rah, 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 rah. And if we're not careful, we're gonna just listen and go, you're right, you're right. Peter is saying, listen, if Peter could warn the early church 2,000 years ago, the warning still stands true today that don't fall for that stuff. Don't fall for that stuff because the promises of God are yes and amen. Do you remember the story in the movies, Toy Story? You remember the stories of Andy and Buzz and all those? You remember, I think it was, was it three when they went to the daycare and the daycare was ran by this stuffed bear called Lotso. And y'all remember, how many remember that movie? And you know, Lotso Bear was, was uh, you, you finally got to hear his backstory and you realized that he was once a loved, loved teddy bear, a loved stuffed animals. How many of y'all still think your stuffed animals are alive? Don't laugh, more people than not really felt when they were kids especially, even today. But Lotso had, had just ran, he had this whole daycare under control because he had convinced all the toys that no one cared for them. That's why they were there. And through the whole premise of the movies, he's trying, Andy's trying to rescue his friends because this place is dangerous, all because of a toxic bear named Lotso. But through the movie, when Andy's feeling lonely and Andy's tempted to think about, hey, maybe Andy did betray me, he looks under his shoe and he finds the word Andy written on his shoe. And in that moment, he remembers that's who I belong to. He really cares about me. He really loves me. Can I tell you, church, 
that in the moments of life when you might feel abandoned or despaired, the enemy called Lazo might be speaking into your life saying, God doesn't love you, God doesn't care for you. Why did he allow this to happen? Why didn't he answer that prayer? Let me just encourage you to peel back the layer of your heart and see the name Jesus written on it to understand that you still belong to him. You are still his and he knows right where you are. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't overlooked you. He is still there for you, amen? I love the story, the return of Christ. He's coming back. There's, he's coming back. He won't leave us. I love it. it says in John chapter 16, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulations. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. In this world, we're gonna have tribulations, church, in case you haven't figured that out. In this world, we're gonna lose loved ones. In this world, we're gonna have inflation. In this world, we're gonna have job loss. We're gonna have failure. We're gonna have divorce. We're gonna have adultery. We're gonna have all these terrible, horrible things that people have to go through. All of these things, but this is why we're so excited about the return of Christ, is that Jesus said, in this world, you will have all of these things, but fear not, for I have overcome the world, and I'm coming back. I'm not gonna leave you an orphan. We read it in the text. He said, you might feel lonely. You might feel under despair, but you're not an orphan. I'm coming back for you. My brother and I, with my cousin and his dad, my Uncle Jimmy and uh, some, I think Dave was with us and maybe and a whole bunch of us went deer hunting many, many years ago. I was a young teenager. I'll never forget this, talking about, you know, it was dark, it was opening day. We all had our guns and our blaze orange and we were all dividing where to go. We had state land. We didn't know anybody at those times. And I was just a teenager. And my brother, uh, I don't know if, if, if he remembers the story, but I remember we were there and he's like, okay, Jimmy, you go here. Dave, you go here. Uncle Jimmy's going here. And my brother said, Steve, look down here, down in this uh, area. And it's all dark. You can't see a thing. He said, okay, go down here. There's a tree in the middle of that little area where the snow I said, yeah, I see it. He said, why don't you go in there and sit under that tree and just wait. Well, that's what I did. I got my, down there, I got my gun, I got my, I got my orange cushion, and I'm sitting under this tree. It's pitch dark out. And I'm thinking, man, I just feel so alone. I feel so, so crazy. And all of a sudden, as, this, as the sun began to rise, I realized that I'm sitting in the middle of a field under a dead cherry tree that was about this high off the ground. And I looked around me, and there's nothing so here I am sitting in this giant orange coat in the middle of this white snowy field waiting for my brother to come back for me and tell me where to go. <laughs> I love you, Eddie. Jesus will not do that to you. <laughs> Jesus will not leave you in a place that you need some help. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I got, I got to keep going. I think that was the last time I went deer hunting too. My brother's always asking me, come back in the woods. And I was like, man, been there, done that. Bought the shirt. Let me keep going. I, I will go quickly through these last couple. Number two is the resurrection of the dead. Yes, I believe this, the resurrection of the dead. Now we have a, a, a couple of scriptures. They're not all gonna be on the screen, uh, but let me encourage you to jot this down. First Thessalonians chapter 14, or I'm sorry, chapter four. In verse 13, he says, Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. 
Those of the world, when they bury a loved one, they have no hope. They sorrow. They have no, that's what we're talking about all month long, hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, and we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Watch this part. Therefore comfort one another with these words. This is the message of eternal hope that Jesus shared with his disciples in John 14 that the word of the Lord is saying today, be encouraged of your eternal hope. Be encouraged that Jesus is coming back. Be encouraged that the resurrection of the dead will incur. In fact, this is our blessed hope because our bodies will be changed. What I just said, he says again in 1 Corinthians, and I think we might have this one. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible body must put on incorruption and this mortal body must put on immortality. How many are looking forward to that day? Another song we used to sing in the church, my uncle Everett would sing, I'll get a new body. Was another song we used to sing. The older I get, the more this verse gives me life. When I was like 15, 16, 18, 12, our youth is over here. That scripture didn't move me much at all. I thought I'd finally be six foot tall. That's all. I'm still hoping, praying for that. Amen. <laughs> you see this dude, six four, coming down, glory. That's gonna be me. My brother can have his hair. I'm gonna have my height. We're gonna, it's gonna be a glorious day. We all have something we're hoping for in heaven, but I'm being silly, but let me, let me get to this. I'll get a new body. When you're young, listen to me, young people. Listen, listen to me with everything you've got. When you're young, you worry about things like, will I fit into the crowd? Or does she like me too? Check the box, yes or no. Will I be tall eventually? Will I be smart eventually? Will I be thin? Will I be funny? Will everybody love me? When you get to be a certain age, this is what you worry about. Oh, Lord, don't let me sneeze too hard. Okay, I got to get out of the bed. What's the best way we're going to do this today? Has it been long enough for me to take my Motrin again? How many know what I'm talking about? You get to a certain age and things just start not to work. You want them to, you know they can. I was reminded of that playing basketball here a couple weeks ago. I used to love playing ball, man. That was my thing. I came out and did one layup. <laughs> like, <laughs> woo, all right. <laughs> Let's get my Gatorade. <laughs> I was down for the count, man. But listen, we're gonna get a new body. We're gonna get a new body. First John says this, dear friends, now we are children of God and what we, what we be has not been known yet. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in themselves purify themselves just as he is pure. The next one is this. We have the return of Christ, the resurrection of the dead. We have the reunion of the saints. Our blessed hope is because we will see our loved ones again. 
We just read it. God will bring with him those who sleep. What a sweet reunion that is going to be. Somebody say amen to that. In Jesus, it's never saying goodbye, but see you later. Obviously, we understand and we know we just lost a great brother in the church. We just laid our brother John to rest. It got me thinking again of all of the people that we've lost here, 20 plus years of ministry, but also in my, in my life. And I begin to think, oh, John was welcomed. Roger was there. Don was there. Sweet Ashley was there. Priscilla was there. Jean was there. Sabrina was there. Randy was there. Brother and sister Lambert were there. It just, it, just, it just got me thinking. And this is one of the things that gives us hope, church, is that we don't lay our loved ones in the dirt. We don't lay our loved ones in the grave. If they're in Christ and we're in Christ, we're gonna see them again. I don't know about you, but that gives me great hope, great rejoice. I'm gonna see my Uncle Jimmy again. I'm gonna see my Aunt Maggie again. I'm gonna see my grandparents on my dad's side that I've never met. I'm gonna meet them, I'm gonna know them. They were all believers, thank God. And I'm sure you have friends and family. It's okay to sit and think about that sometimes, to bring hope to us to understand we are going to see them again. You know, one of the best things in life can be is to belong to a local church because you have so many people that are family, so many people that are friends, but on the other side of that coin, it makes it so devastating because you have so many people in your life that you care about that you have to lay to rest sometimes. And it hurts and it's sad and because we're, we're human beings that we have emotions. But let me just encourage you that when those emotions come, Remind yourself of this everlasting hope that I'm talking about. It's not an old wives' tale. It's not an old fable. It's not some old story that the preacher said to get somebody to shout. It is real. There is a heaven. There is a savior. There is loved ones there waiting to meet. In fact, Hebrews says that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, so let us run the race. If, can I tell you, if one of our families could come back from that other side, they would say, I'm not coming back. Keep running because it's worth it. It's imagining if you're a runner running a marathon in the dead of summer and you're running and you're getting to the end and you're almost out of steam. You've got cramps and maybe shin splints and maybe you're tired and you look up over the horizon and there's the finish line. But on the other side of that finish line is your family and your friends saying, come on, you can do it. Come on, you can do it. All of a sudden you just get another boost of energy because people are believing in you. Can I tell you that on the other side, we've got family and we've got friends that are looking down from heaven saying, you can do it. Keep going. Keep running. Keep praying. Keep fasting. Keep worshiping. Because wait till you get here and see what God has shown you. There's an old song we used to sing. I was reminded by. Talking about old songs today. I might have to bring some of these back. How many would be okay with that sometimes? This old song, Brother Ralph Hager would always come up from down south. He would sing. There is going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet by and by. I'm going to meet you, meet you over there in my home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear. T'will be glorious, I do declare. And God's own son will be the leading one in that meeting in the air. Can I tell you, church, we're gonna have a meeting in the air. Not only am I gonna see my aunts and my uncles and my cousins, I'm also gonna walk the streets of gold with David, the giant slayer. I'm gonna walk the streets of gold with Gideon. I'm gonna walk the streets of gold with Peter and Paul and James and Samson and Joseph. Does that excite you? That excites me. And the last is this. 
the residence of the redeemed. In Philippians 3.20, do we have that one? Yeah. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. For our citizenship is in heaven. The residence of the redeemed is part of our blessed hope because we will spend eternity in heaven. Much like exchanging our broken bodies of sin, we will exchange a broken, sinful world for a perfect and a pure one. Let me tell you this. I got a prescription for every single one of us here today. When you're feeling down, discouraged, I want you to read Revelation chapter 21 and chapter 22. Read Revelations 21 and 22. Those two chapters describe our residence that's waiting for us. Those two chapters describe the heavens and the world. I will tell you this, it is a place of newness. We see the words new all the time. John said, I see a new city. I see a new heaven and earth. I see a new place that is built. The Bible describes it as walls made with precious jewels and the streets are made of pure gold. One theologian said, if you could imagine the light of God hitting this holy celestial city is like a prism of color that fills the universe with every layer being a different stone of ruby and jasper and topaz and the gates and and the Bible describes this place as a beautiful place with streets of gold. The Bible describes this in the middle of having a tree of life and a river of life that brings healing to the nations. The Bible says that in this place there is no sun, there is no LED light bulbs, there is nothing. The Bible says that God's presence is light and there is never, never night. My favorite part, it says this, that there will be no more pain, there will be no more death, there will be no more sorrow, no disease, no depression, no politics, no murderers, no kidnappers, no affairs and bankruptcies, no disappointment because the Bible said that he will wipe away every tear. Come on, go ahead and praise him for it. It's all right. Amen. Listen, I want you to stand to your feet today. Worship team can make their way up here. There's one last scripture that I want to share with you. It's not on the screen. Maybe you can jot it down or commit it to memory. Because the last point today is I want to just ask you point blank. Are you ready? Are you ready? I don't have some movie to show you. I don't have some illustration, but let me just point simply. Ask everything I just described today, if you're not right with God, doesn't apply to you. Your coupon has expired because the Bible says that our works of righteousness are filthy rags. We can't show up to heaven and say, oh God, I gave X amount of money. Oh God, I, I attended church. Oh God, I did this. Oh God, Jesus said there's gonna be a lot of people saying that. And he's gonna say, depart from me. I never knew you. Your coupon has expired. You see, the coupon of works only lasts for a, a moment. The Bible says the only way to get in is the everlasting coupon, the everlasting ticket stamped blood red by the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So I'm gonna ask you, are you ready for his return? In that old movies, the old song said, I wish we'd all been ready. For some of us, it may scare us talking about the rapture and eternity and the antichrist and all that. For others, it will bring comfort. What did John the Revelator write at the end of the book? Even so, Lord, come quickly. A couple things we need to be doing. Number one, be looking for him. Jesus' parables were full of describing that the ten virgins weren't looking for him. The, the landowner wasn't working for him. He said, I'm gonna come as a thief in the night. You should be looking for him. The next one is you should be living for him. And this is in Titus chapter two, verse 11. 
He says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to everybody, teaching us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope, which is the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior. That's in our Bible. That's in our New Testament. And we should be sharing God's love. I don't know if Pastor Eddie says it all the time, and, and I, love, I love echoing that statement, is I don't know if this is our last days, but this is my last days. This is your last days. Without getting into the whole thing of eschatology, I just wanted to simply remind you today of what waits for us. So this is how we're going to end the service today. Altar teams, would you come down? Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.